0: Welcome back to the Generous Life Podcast. My name is Eddie Copeland, and I will be your host for this conversation. Uh, You're in for a treat if you're listening to this. We have our good friend Alan Platt from Doc Sadeo and the City Changers Movement joining us as we talk about the history of Church United. But before we want to get into that conversation, I was just uh, having an exercise with Lori uh, as we talk about the next 20 years of the National Christian Foundation of South Florida and our impact where we were looking at the original visionary white paper, the, the dream paper that we wrote 20 years ago as a result of the Luis Palau Evangelistic Festival that came to South Florida. And here's what it says in the paper. It says, Seeing unity in the body of Christ, that was the bullseye of why we're like, we want to start a a Christian community foundation here in South Florida, is we wanted to see unity in the body of Christ. And here's what it says. It says, we've seen our community come together like never before as a result of the Luis Palau organization. What happens to that incredible network of people and effort of unity when the festival is over? How can we build upon the efforts and contacts already in place? What a dream it would be if we had a permanent, bright, shining light in Broward County in South Florida via a Christian community foundation that's able to cut across denominational barriers and serve the body of Christ and the community as a whole. I mean, I read that and I go, we are so bullseye in what God has given us as we chase after this invest, equip, and unite vertical, looking at the broader body of Christ, looking at God's people, looking at the church and going, what would it take for us to come together, marketplace leaders, donors, churches, ministry leaders, and ask the question, what could we do together that we could not do on our own? And what we saw in Beach Fest was those three things happening. We saw donors and marketplace leaders and churches and ministry leaders come together and we saw the result of that. And now 20 years later, we're asking the same question. And we're asking it specifically in the Unite vertical today, as we're joined by my good friend Alan Platt from the City Changers Movement and Doxideo in South Africa and across the globe. Welcome back to the Generous Life podcast here. My name is Eddie Copeland and I'm serving as the continuing host of our conversation today as we kind of take a deeper look into Church United as part of our Equip vertical here at NCF. As if you guys always remember, we talk about invest, equip, and unite. We're talking more about unite and giving you an under the hood kind of look here. And uh, I'm welcoming back Alan Platt. Uh, who was uh the original kind of visionary architect friend, and uh guy that we give all the credit for to helping start church united uh along with all <laughs> these other pastors here but it 's great to have him back. He now resides in Charlotte, North Carolina uh, where he looks after the Doxideo movement and city changers movement globally from his oasis in Charlotte, where all the Christians go when they leave South Florida
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh i uh uh I came here to come and assist a a new church plant and uh but still so grateful that i have the opportunity to be in florida very often and uh to be part of the conversation of church united is such a delight
0: yeah it's been a gift Alan. and uh you know it was so fun early on as 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 i think through some of those memories is you know i I jokingly say we 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 give you the credit, but you were always concerned about the local church must get the win here. Like this is a story that was not really started by any one church, one key leader, but this was a a result of what God was just busy doing over the last. 30 years here in in South Florida via, you know, NCF and Sheridan House and four kids and crisis pregnancy work. And you can just think about if you trace even like the last, you know, 10 year increments over the last 40 years, you can see tremendous ways where the church, the the, the capital C churches ran towards crisis pregnancy, ran towards the pro-life movement, ran towards homelessness and starting of, you know, uh, hope South Florida and then foster care and four kids and Sheridan in house with with kids and moms like you see all these things and then you ask the question i remember early on going but what would it look like to bring the church together for mission and I remember that really catching my attention. And we've we've seen so much wonderful examples of causational unity, right? Unity around these specific causes, which is right and good. We need to continue to run towards these spaces. But you elevated the dialogue to those key leaders in the room early, early on. You know, seven, eight years ago, saying, "What does unity for mission though look like?" And Alan, why why was that so deeply in your heart or early on?
1: Well, you know, I, uh, recognize that if we could understand God's perspective on cities, uh, there's a whole theological, uh, framework that m- many people have not yet grappled with deeply, where you discover God actually has a, a purpose for environments where people have gathered together and constructed uh, life to function within the framework of what we would call a city um and there is something of uh, that understanding that feeds into the the framework of churches asking the question what is our role within the context of this construct called the city and um I think you know uh, it's true that that the church has in the past had moments of extreme grace and and manifested you know uh, the goodness of God in times of crisis or even as you've mentioned in causal engagements but what if we started to dream about the flourishing of a community uh you know'm I'm, I'm taken back to the story of uh, the people in Jerusalem that uh they thought Jerusalem was the final framework of God's expression and uh, there was another city it's actually uh, interesting to do the study right from Genesis all the way to revelation the antitype of Jerusalem is Babylon And the people of Jerusalem hated Babylon. They despised Babylon because it had a framework that was so human as opposed to Jerusalem that was framed around the way God wanted to order society. And uh, then the unthinkable happens, you know, the story how the Babylonians come, they conquer Jerusalem and they take the people of Jerusalem, uh, you know, uh, close to a thousand miles away to Babylon. And they're sitting there in Babylon. They don't want to be there. Actually, they're praying to get out of Babylon. And it's in that context that uh, the Babylonians actually come to them and say, hey, we hear you guys sing such beautiful songs. Why don't you sing us a song? And then they say, by the rivers of Babylon. How will we sing a song in a strange land? What they really were saying is we can't exercise our spirituality here in Babylon. We can't engage this this reality, we have to go to a sacred space. And that is so indicative of where many people are in the separation of their spiritual life and their everyday life. But it's in that context where we know the prophet Jeremiah speaks and it's so well documented in Jeremiah uh, 29 where he says, listen, now this is what you need to do. Stay here, plant, plant trees, build houses, marry off your children, live in this context, but seek the shalom, the wholeness, the peace of the city to where I have brought you captive. That must have rocked their world to think that God actually put them in that space. And then God says, because in its peace, you will have peace. And this is one of just the principles that drive this understanding. God puts us as his people within the context of a very real world that has spiritual lostness. It has social pain and it has uh, systemic brokenness. And our engagement is not just the spiritual. Our engagement is to take responsibility for the wholeness, the shalom of the context that we find ourselves. Here.
0: Yeah, that's so good, Alan. And, you know, the 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 dichotomy of what you're talking about there reminds me of a lot of dinner table conversations that I've I've had over the years, you know, just with various leaders and just great concerned Christians saying, if we could only just get back to the way it it was, and if we could only just, you know, do this and then that will change. But I mean yeah. what what you're really putting on the table here is if the church is in exile if God's people are really in a modern-day Babylon here in South Florida, then what does it look like to be like the men of Issachar who understood the Babylonian times and knew what Israel should do? And in so many ways, that framework that you're you're putting on the table here led us to in the Church United, even in the NCF framework, to ask the question, as we take a long-term view of transformation, we know that we need a couple things we know that we need a unified body of christ that we know that the right. unity of the church is perhaps the greatest apologetic and greatest shot that we have to see a uh, thriving in exile so we need unity. Then we need God's people who to understand that there's nothing to go back to, that you've been called, equipped, and mobilized right. to now, to right here, to bring the kingdom. So now we get to give people a vision for their life, a vision for their work, a vision for their calling. And then we need the kingdom resources to fuel that. The, the Not just money, but prayer, the power of the Holy Spirit, this deep dependency on Scott, you can only change the narrative of South Florida – And you've given us your plan A, which is the local church. And guess what? God doesn't have a plan B. There is no other plan to bring transformation here to South Florida or to thrive in exile than the local church, the people of God. So as we think about even the history, the genesis of Church United, yes, it was birthed out of brokenness and these moral failings, you know, the the, the formal kind of Church United expression of that. But it also causes us to fall backwards into a theory of change saying, We need healthy leaders, healthy churches, and a vision. Of a flourishing city. And that's why we talk about taking a long-term view over this next 30 years. We need to invest in the health and wholeness of pastors. Leaders are never going to change the world if they don't trust the guy down the street. And guess what? There's a lot of mistrust. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of idols of the heart that cause us as pastors and ministry leaders to look at the guy down the street and say, you know, I'm 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 with you, but I'm not with you. Like I'm I I talk about being a co-laborer, but I'm really in competition with you. But when you get guys in environments to cast a bigger vision and create the space to invest in their health and wholeness, those walls start coming down and then we need healthy churches. And I don't just mean full pews. I mean, people in pews that understand their calling, the power of their influence and bring the kingdom to bear And then we need flourishing cities when all these things come together. Even in our world, this invest, equip, unite kind of ecosystem coming together so that we could see a vision of a preferred future of a mobilized, equipped, empowered and deployed church. Thanks for tuning in to the Generous Life podcast. It's been a pleasure having this conversation with you. If you're curious about uh, how do I get involved, how do I learn more, how do I catch future episodes or past episodes, Uh, like and subscribe to this podcast, but also visit our website ncfgiving.com forward slash South Florida, where you can learn more and uh, take a next step to help you discover your role in the story that God is writing here in South Florida.